Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hello everyone and welcome to LawPod. My name is Lucy and today I am co-presenting with Emily. Hello. And we are joined today by Maria and Madeline. You Hi. are very Hello. welcome. Do you want to just introduce yourselves and tell us a bit more about what you do? Uh, I'm Madeline. I'm a second year undergrad and I am the undergrad representative for women in law. Uh, my name's Maria. Uh, I'm in my last year JD Law and I am the founder of the QB Women in Law. Very good. So I tell you, you can all guess the topic today. We are talking about women in law. So do you guys want to tell us a bit about yourselves and just what Women in Law is and what it does? Sure. So I'll take this one. Um, QUB Women in Law started as a student-led initiative that we spoke to Robin Hickey, who's head of the school, about two years ago. We launched um, officially February 2017. This year we are a lean-in circle, so if anyone's familiar with lean-in, it's the book written by uh, Cheryl Sandberg, found COO of Facebook, and um, we kind of started attending lean-in Belfast events and then got really close to those women and they empowered us along with the Athena Swan Committee here at the School of Law to start this circle. Madeline, would you like to tell us about your role within Women in Law? I originally came to Women in Law because I was interested like how women in the legal profession are represented. Are we represented enough or should there be more work done for it? And I really enjoyed the atmosphere of the small team just getting together for very informal sessions with leaders um, from the legal profession, barristers, solicitors, human rights activists. We've had quite a lot over the years, I think just stuck with it and since Maria and Alex our founders are graduating this year they were looking for someone to take over and so I decided to do the undergrad representative and with two other girls Abina and Doreen who are representing postgrads. So would you be able to tell us a bit about what you've learned from some of the inspirational women that you've met through this initiative? Wow there's so much actually. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of something that really stands out but it was also it's hard to describe it because you're mating with these high level people in such an informal setting and they're not as scary as you think they are they're very approachable you can just talk to them like we're talking right now yeah which, so talking to yeah. them sort of as women as opposed to exactly yeah they're very down to earth all of them and could you tell us how many people are roughly in the group and how other women could access the group and join. Yeah, so I'll take that one. So um, on the Lean In website, you can look for QB Women in Law, uh, and you can sign up there. We also have a closed Facebook group, or you could follow us on Twitter to find out how to sign up to the Facebook group. Uh, that's all our events. We post posters, and we post our event posters at the School of Law's social media, so on their Twitter, Facebook, and also some of the professors here at school will also follow us so they'll repost our stuff so it gets out there quite quickly. In the seminars what sort of topics would you guys discuss or 
what can we expect from you next? Next up, uh, on the 20th of November, there is the Stephen Livingston Lecture. We have an informal Q&A with uh, Professor Finula Neolan, and she's the UN's Special Rapporteur on uh, Counterterrorism and Human Rights. So just before her lecture, we have this really nice small event for female students to come forward and ask career-related questions or general um, questions about how she ended up in that role. Following that, in December, we're actually participating in the Northern Ireland Human Rights Festival. So uh, we're going to be working with the Human Rights Commission here in Northern Ireland as well. So we're going to be talking about celebrating women's networks, mainly because it's 100 years uh, centenary of suffrage here in the UK, and also the new age of uh, feminism and technology and how Lenin has kind of brought this reinvigorating kind of sense to worldwide. So there's 160 countries that have Lenin groups, Lenin networks, circles, and it's really propelled women. So we're going to celebrate that, but also do this small interactive game. I'm not going to say everything now because it'll spoil everything, but we're <laughs> going to do an interactive game that's open to the public on how Lenin works, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. Yeah, so just for people like myself that don't really know what Lenin is, would you just be able to explain a little bit about what that means and how the Lenin sort of scenario sets it apart from other sort of groups and networks and things like that? So um, Lenin is mainly about three things. They do the circles, which is us, which is a group of maybe five to ten to fifteen people. And in the school, you just talk about your ambitions, your dreams, and it's a mini network, so whoever's in the circle that comes, we're actively participating and supporting each other. You talk about your ambitions or your fears and your goals for that year. So in our first meet and greet, we did a general workshop where you write what you want to do this year, your goals, your personal goals. And then we started separating it between these are the personal ones, these are more group you see a lot of students have the same goals, so we'll try and bring in speakers from transitional justice or from criminal backgrounds or from solicitor backgrounds. So every year it's going to change what our events are. Um, I like as well, especially when you get together in a group like that, especially when it's all just women, you can start to see those common experiences that women have that, but don't necessarily know that other women are going through the same thing, especially when you're advancing through your legal career. I think a lot of times, from my own experience, when I've done work experience with like female barristers, they've spoken about how it can feel quite isolating if they're in, in London, for example, if they're working in a chambers where it's purely male environment. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to have like, processes and structures in place where women can come together and talk about their ambitions and their fears. Yeah, so it's like a safe, it's a peer community. There's mm-hmm. nobody from staff, although I love the School of Law, but, you know, sometimes you want to discuss things and how you want to progress, and sometimes that's needs you need to connect with somebody outside of Queen's or you want to get into a career related to law but not in the solicitor or barrister route. So it's kind of like a group, call it brainstorming session. And we try and bring themes in. So when we started, it was just solicitor kind of career roles. And then later on in uh, the fall of 2018, or sorry, the autumn of 2018, (laughs) we had barristers and judges come in. And this year, I think we're going to focus on a little bit of like different parts of the, the legal industry. So we had requests about criminal law, 
medical law. It's really, it's cool to, to kind of customize what the events are to see what people are interested in. Do you think it's a great way for you to network and develop your understanding of the law as well? It sounds like it's very social and you get to learn a lot from speaking to solicitors and barristers who have gone through these experiences. Our network is less focusing on the law or how we apply the law. It's more on networking, what we can learn from those people, what they can give us for example, advice or people they know that they could recommend to us. That's actually how we get speakers. It's just uh, word to mouth and it has worked really well so far. I think that's really great because I'm doing law myself. One of the things I always found daunting was I had this goal of being a barrister or a judge and it just seems so far-fetched considering most judges are male nowadays. So it's it's really nice to hear that changes are being made in the 21st century. Along those lines, I just wanted to ask, what is the most surprising thing that you've come across or that you've learned from your peer group? The most surprising thing for me was finding this group of women who are so supportive of whatever I'm trying to do, whether it's related to university, careers, or just personal advice. They've always been there for me and supported me, given me advice, just been an ear to listen when I just needed someone to talk to, and that's something I'm really grateful for. And do you feel that you're more motivated to push yourself and reach your goals? Do you think it's really helped? Yeah. Yes, it's helped helped me an an awful lot. Just uh, the lean-in meetings or the women-in-law meetings, I always go out there like feeling full of energy and motivation to do something. Kind of change the world a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And for your experience, Maria, have you found the same inspirational support network? So actually... When I was in Canada, that's where I'm from, in Toronto, I had a friend that started the Lean In Circle there. She actually met these women on LinkedIn, just wondering if there was Lean In Circle in Toronto. My friend's name is Sarah Kwan. I'm very proud of her. As it's expanded now to Lean In Canada, and she's part of the board of directors there. So, And when she found out I was moving to Belfast, she told me there was a Lean In Circle here. So I actually reached out to Newell Murphy three years ago. I just fresh from Toronto, came here, went to the smaller meetings. Now Lean in Belfast is doing well. It's expanded to Lean in in the Republic of Ireland. So there's all these women in different fields, not related to law as well, like entrepreneurs, business leaders. And it's just connecting with these women and hearing their stories. I, I agree with Madeline. I always go to these events with an open mind and you just feel like you can do this. You're fully capable. And look at all these women who have gone through so much, but also are there to support you. So that's kind of what we wanted to replicate in the School of Law. Yeah, that's amazing. Could you tell us a bit more about the School of Law winning the Bronze Athena Swan Award? Athena Swan is a committee here, not only just for the School of Law, but university-wide. So each department has their own committee. And the Athena Swan group, it started off as kind of an association to encourage women in STEM. Very old, but I don't know how old they are. But they started out just encouraging women in STEM, and then now it's branched out to different fields where it is male-dominated, and there are certain criteria that schools and departments have to meet. We heard about Athena Salon last year, and we reached out to them, and they were so supportive of us over the last year, and also suggesting future speakers. I mean, we're, we're volunteers here. You know, we don't have any funding or anything like that, although they, Athena Swan's been very helpful as well as the Lean In group to refer us to inspirational people that would be willing to give us their time for an hour to talk to students about their career. That association and them winning the Bronze Award this year, I hope that it continues. Queen's has the Silver Award, so maybe next year or the following year after that we can improve. 
So we've just had the American midterm elections, and one of the things that we picked up on was a quote from Tom Perez, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, and he said that this is truly the year of the woman everywhere. Would you like to maybe just tell us your thoughts about that? This year, with the Me Too movement, everything that's happened in Hollywood, all of the different ways that women have kind of stepped forward. So what I know about the American election is that a lot more women, women of color, have stepped forward to run for government, majority in the Democratic Party, but also in the Republican Party. So a lot of women are stepping forward now. And I think, especially when you relate it back to the Me Too movement, I think the solidarity amongst women and realizing that the rights that their previous waves of feminism has have brought them this year is always kind of still in flux. It's not secure. And I think that's that applies to other human rights. But this year, especially with the Me Too movement, it's kind of propelled women forward within the generation, three generations, you know, productive rights and things that are important for women and pushed forward. And I think it's great that women are just out there talking about it, bringing the awareness. And it's inspiring because obviously we can't hide who we are as women and we are half the population. In the academic field, I looked up this morning in the UK, especially for uh, studying law, it's about 68.8% of law undergrad students in the UK are women. That's a huge chunk of women going through and these are going to be the future leaders, entrepreneurs, and things like that. So it's inspiring to be part of it, and it's also a good reminder that there's still a lot to be achieved. So don't get disheartened. I think as well what's important about groups like yours, Women in Law, is that although we see a lot of female law undergraduates, it doesn't look reflected when you look further along in sort of judges and barristers and things. It can look like a very male-dominated environment. So making sure that women have connections, like Madeline was saying, they're aware that there are women that are sort of trailblazing. I think it's inspiring to find people of like minds to discuss, honestly, your ambitions, you know, to speak up about what's important to you, what's important to people like you. If you don't speak up, then none of the issues that we face today could ever be solved if, if everybody stays silent about it. Just to develop upon what you've been saying there about how we still have changes that can be done and it's a constant area for improvement, what do you think has been the most difficult or is the most difficult challenge to overcome in this day and age? In my experience from here and also contrasting it with growing up in Canada, and growing up in the Philippines. Begin with, it's just education, access to education. It's improving for a lot of places in the world and other places it's just not moving. So I know that the former First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, did an entire campaign just on education. And I agree that worldwide, there's still a lot of young women being, you know, obligated to stop working to work to take care of their families. So I think education is key. I agree with Maria. Education is definitely the most important part. Do you think there is a particular personal barrier that you have either noticed or overcome in your experience up to this point as a woman in law? Well, as Maria has mentioned, the Me Too movement was really big and is still ongoing. Sexual assault is brushed off easily or kind of it drags on to the workplace where women are not 
getting to higher positions because people say, oh, well, she's going to get pregnant at one point and then drop out or go on maternity leave. That's something that's really annoying me at some point. Like, it gets to yourself. Yeah, definitely, because it's by virtue of them being a woman that they're not being allowed to progress in the same way that a man would be able to. Exactly. What I would say about that is I think with the smaller networks and small circles like ours, I think it's important for women to become each other's allies. A lot of young law students want mentors and things like that, but there's also things that you could do in the classroom to support your peers women or men to create an inclusive and more diverse space. I think that's really important and that you should start at this, that level. So finally, Maria, if you would just like to tell our listeners how they are able to get involved in QUB Women in Law and any upcoming events that you have. Madeline and I want to thank you guys for having us and um, our upcoming event here is the 20th of November at the School of Law in the Moot Court. There is the Stephen Livingston event and before that we have a short Q&A with the speaker. You can find us on Twitter um, at QUB Women in Law and you can also um, connect with us on Facebook. You can search QUB Women in Law. All of our events are open free hosted here at Queen's. That's great. Thank you very much for coming along. Yeah, thank you Madeline and Maria. That's been really interesting. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You have been listening to LawPod, an informed take on current events brought to you by the law students and staff here at Queen's University Belfast. This episode was produced by me, Emily Dickinson, and my esteemed colleague, Lucy Bill. Our theme music is by Colonel Chocolate and the Justice Triangle. LawPod is funded by Queen's Law School and the Queen's Annual Fund. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at QUBLawPod. For more information, you can also visit our website. And please have a look in the show notes for more information about the topics covered today. You can find us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. This was LawPod. LawPod.